0: Salutan mi a escaltuntai, kai e kai bonvenan al la codo de Dan Brown, podcasto kiu nun estas en Esperanto, mi estas forest.
1: Mi estás lina.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, sorry, it's not going to be in Esperanto because I don't know enough yet, but mark my words, it will be one day.
1: Um, And welcome to the Dan Brown (laughs) Co
0: I've already said this (laughs) I'm Lena. (laughs) I am Forrest
1: And today we're reading chapters 81 through 105, correct?
0: Uh, Yes, and it is also true that until you texted me reminding me of that I read 81 through 100, so I uh, read 101 through 105 right before we did this
1: Okay, so uh let's get started, shall we? Let's, let's go into chapter 81.
0: Chapter 81 in which Becker, thinking his ordeal is over, is thrown into mortal peril.
1: Just right off the bat. I just so he he's uh he's just been maced, right? Um and he's like in the bathroom and you know suffering as a result of his creepiness and he looks at the ring and he can he can suss out, like, a Q, an O, or a zero. And, like, he can't really tell. But he's like, none of these symbols make any sense. So this is a mas- na- matter of national security. But, like, he knows he's an NSA business. And, like, he's worked with the NSA before. Like, he knows. Like, the whole point of them bringing him on is that he can decipher nonsense. Like, he knows nonsense abo- abounds in the NSA, you know? I,
0: I promise you, this is only going to make less sense as we proceed past chapter 105 is that so <laughs> the, 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 the only excuse is the fact that he was recently maced but it will drive me up a wall once we learn what is inscribed upon this ring
1: oh no is it gonna have to do with being without wax
0: uh it, <laughs> only very very loosely okay
1: <laughs> wait so yes kind of a little bit
0: uh, yes, kind of a little bit, oh, but as I say, only very loosely.
1: Okay, well, let's keep uh, moving <laughs> before so I yeah, get discouraged. Now, now
0: that he has his prize in hand, Becker goes into a phone booth to call up uh strathmore and tell him he has the ring but uh-oh we're in spain uh, and todos los están ocupados. oh you uh, missed a
1: lot hold up
0: what this is this is the second paragraph
1: what is chapter he not 80, in the bathroom chapter, yet oh no he's you're right you're right chapter Sorry.
0: 81 through 105 i
1: fully missed the fact that he went into a phone booth period yeah so. um
0: <laughs> And so this is a weird little uh, instance because we get this first sentence in Spanish that says, um, I can tell using my translation skills, all of the circuits are occupied. (laughs) But then the next, as opposed to the normal Dan Brown thing where he gives us each sentence in Spanish and then English, this one he just gives us that one only in Spanish and the next one's only in English. Please hang up and try your call later. And I know we're not supposed to assume that the enti- that the that the message is literally half in Spanish and half in English, but it's what it comes out like.
1: <laughs> um so yeah, all the lines are bu- all the lines are busy in Spain. All of them.
0: <laughs> Every- well, all the international things. You know, yeah. I, um I don't know how to the- have to
1: know what happened during his Seville trip. I have to know how it went.
0: I yeah, like I've said it a million times on this podcast, but I'm going to say it again. If you or anybody you know a knew Dan Brown in college, or B was a student at the Phillips Exeter Academy and took Dan Brown's English class, you have to get in touch with us. You have to tell anybody you know to get in touch with us. Like we, I, I need this desperately.
1: Yeah, friends, don't let friends harbor secrets about Dan Brown. Okay, exactly. so cough them up. We want to know. Um, okay, so he tries to call, but his pride wouldn't let him dial. sorry um
0: is that a thing I should know
1: yeah it's <laughs> that one's for the folks at home <laughs> 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 that so he he goes to the restroom, he goes to like rub his eyes, which have been full filled with pepper spray, and he was told that it would only make it worse um which is true, and then he goes to find Megan in the bathroom, but she's dead
0: she's dead she's dead it sucks it's um so Megan bad. was maybe the only sympathetic character in this book,
1: fully one billion percent, yes, and she was like a trust fund baby yeah it's it's <laughs>
0: it's, it's it this book's i mean this book's politics are making my politics all fucked up also have you uh, I noticed this While I was writing my chapter notes on Mm -hmm. the back jacket of my book or the back cover, I guess, um, the final review blurb is from Publishers Weekly. In this fast-paced, plausible tale... Wow. (laughs) I mean, that already is is very insane. But in this fast-paced, plausible tale, Brown blurs the line between good and evil enough to delight patriots and paranoids alike, which draws this line between the patriots who think like strathmore and susan fletcher do that the nsa is this like all um you know sees the fall of every sparrow wonderful pro-america thing mm-hmm. and then paranoids like me who are like hey uh, maybe this isn't so great maybe
1: the right to privacy is something we should have
0: yeah so thanks publishers weekly um watching uh, out for the common man
1: actually what jumped out to at me today on the back cover <laughs> was nelson DeMille's review <laughs> Uh, said that Dan Brown has to be one of the best, <laughs> smartest, and most accomplished writers in the country. You could, those like all those things don't necessarily imply the other. He right? never says like,
0: which country. <laughs>
1: it's like a nation of one. Okay, let us continue. Anyways, back to
0: the bathroom <laughs> where, tale. where where Megan, <laughs> yeah, Megan's been killed. Um, she has a bullet hole through her forehead, which sucks. Um,
1: and then a barely human voice croaks behind Becker, saying, "Soy
0: Hula Hot. I name. am Hula Hot. Yeah. His name is Hula Hot.
1: <laughs> I never like thought to say it out loud.
0: And like as far it's as I can, so t-
1: stupid. <laughs>
0: It's supposed to be a Portuguese name, and as far as I can tell, it is not. Like when you type, did you try to find a hula hot? I mean, when you you Google hula hot, everything (laughs) that comes up is a reference to Digital Fortress. (laughs) Again, so it's like just not a real thing at all. Maybe H
1: U L O H O T
0: hula hot. I mean, the fact that it's supposed to be Portuguese probably means it's pronounced George. But um, (laughs) okay. (laughs) <laughs> their orth- Listen, I, their orthography is all fucked up, is all I'm saying
1: Becker is suddenly freaking out because there's a, a gun trained on him And the guy is demanding el anillo, otherwise known as the ring mm-hmm. um, And as if cued by some subconscious survival instinct Which is the wor- first that we've heard about this About any kind of survival instinct within David Becker Well,
0: that's why it's subconscious He didn't even know it was there himself
1: <laughs> Fair um, He... Uh, Okay, I'm, I'm confused about the ge- the geography of this fight scene. Can can you walk me through it? Is he in the stall?
0: So as far as I understand it, he opens the stall door and okay. I'm trying to think of stall doors I've experienced in my life and I think they normally open inward, right? Yeah. So he's presumably pushed open this door and seen the corpse of Megan. I have to assume this is, like, a handicap stall-sized one, because otherwise there's no way opening the door doesn't, like, actually hit Uh Hula um, So Hulahot's
1: in the stall?
0: I think so, because he's just killed Megan, right?
1: <sighs> okay, hold on. Maybe not. So he walks in. He sees Megan. He walks over. He pushes the door. Megan's in there alone, it looks like.
0: Oh yeah, Megan's in their So so
1: So Hula Huck sn- sneaks up behind him. So De- Becker is in the doorway of the stall. Mhm. Okay.
0: Yeah, and so somehow in this bathroom, which has been described to us before, it's like there's not a lot in there. Mhm. But Becker walks in, goes to the sink, notices out of the corner of his eye Megan's duffel bag, but somehow misses the grown assassin also in the room. <laughs> And then goes to push open the door and is snuck up on by said assassin. This tracks.
1: So far, so good. Um, So there's a shot and Becker crashes down on top of Megan's lifeless corpse.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, He He tenses every muscle in his body simultaneously, which seems really counterproductive. Where is that Um, It's before before, uh, As if cued by some Subconscious Survival instinct Every (laughs) muscle in his body Tensed simultaneously
1: (laughs) So much energy
0: Yeah Mierda Hulohat seethed
1: And so Um, David Becker has dived, Dived out of the way And then There's He aims The weapon again And says Adios Which I love And then I guess Becker has thrown Megan's duffel
0: so are you saying you didn't underline the sentence, the cock of a weapon?
1: <laughs> I did not underline it.
0: Well, so yeah, um, this is another, This the, the, the duffel bag throat is another confusing piece of geography here because David's in the stall on top of Megan's body. Hula Hot has a clear shot into the stall because it's a bathroom stall and he has his weapon at the ready to shoot at David Becker. And somehow, Becker manages <laughs> to get the devil into his hand and throw it up at him. But to Hulahot, it looks like a flash of red and an object materializing as if out of nowhere, sailing out of the stall and causing his gun to fire a split second early. It's just...
1: It's just not it realistic. It strains
0: credulity <laughs> in a way that I am not okay with.
1: It's not a plausible tale, I'll tell you that. No. Um... So he's thrown, he's, okay, so he's momentarily disabled the, um, oh, poor use of words. He's momentarily, uh, stalled the assassin. Um, Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) We're keeping that one. Yeah, Um, I I like that one a lot. (laughs) Um, and he runs out to the airport concourse, which looms before him as an, like an uncrossable desert. Which is just wild. I. <laughs> like a vast desert? I don't know. Um, and so he's swinging around revolving doors and trying to leave, and then he can't get in the taxi because the taxi belongs to. Wait. Who, who, oh, go.
0: Um, so as he's going through the revolving doors, a shot rings out behind him, and <laughs> the glass panel in front of him exploded in a shower of glass. Thank you, Dan Brown.
1: (laughs) So I want to tell you that this is the first of, I think, five mentions of broken glass in this section.
0: Well, there's only two in this sentence.
1: Well, there's just, no, there's just one shower of glass here. I'm not saying, like, mentions of glass in general. I'm saying, like, a description of the shattering and falling of pieces of glass.
0: That's fair. My complaint is just that... uh, you can see the panel in front of him exploded in a shower of glass And you don't need to then specify before The glass panel in front of him exploded in a shower of glass <laughs> That's my problem with it You
1: are right You are correct We can move on?
0: Yeah, you can continue the thing you were saying <laughs> before I interrupted you It's
1: alright um, So he gets on the Vespa and starts to You know, it's like the horror movie thing Where like the killer's coming and the car won't start But then it does start and Hula Hot shot just missed Becker's head as the little bike—it is not a bike—sprang uh, to life and lurched forward. Becker hung on for his life as the motorcycle, wow, bounced down a grassy embankment, and wobbled around the corner of the building into the runway. Onto the runway.
0: The layout of everything here makes no sense. Go Because. For it. I don't know, like I've been to airports before And like, maybe not to an airport as small as this, I guess But like, it's the international airport It can't be that small Mm -hmm. And somehow it takes one turn for David Becker To get from the taxi stand in front of the terminal To turning onto the runway All he has to do is go down a grassy embankment There's no fence and somehow as he's on this like little jaunt and turn hula Hot can't just shoot him in that meantime there this is like a trained assassin he should be able to hit someone on a goddamn vespa i don't know it just it just is very sloppy
1: it is extremely sloppy i'm still stuck on the fact that he thinks that a vespa is a motorcycle
0: <laughs> that's also a little uh, rough
1: this happens a few more times and it's bothersome every single time all right chapter 82
0: Chapter eighty two in which Greg Hale is outwitted.
1: Alright. So they're still in their little Mexican standoff in the wherever they are. Where are they? Node I think
0: they're I think they're in the main room that is like it's like one of the walkways outside of Node Three that's like above the hole of Transalter, but like also above the ground and not in a room, just like on a catwalk or something.
1: Do you have a mental map of this place?
0: Uh, um, <laughs> s- vaguely, okay, and it is this. So, are you familiar with the cartoon from the '60s, the Super Friends? No, sir. Okay, well, it's like it's like Justice League from the '60s. So it's like all very silly and cartoony and like rah, rah, um. Mm-hmm. And that was not a good adjective. And <laughs> in that cartoon in addition to the Justice League or the Super Friends as it were there's also a Legion of Doom and okay. they meet in the I think it's called the Hall of Doom and what it is is this kind of dome shaped thing that rises out of a swamp
1: okay. and i
0: picture the outside of the crypto building as being roughly in that kind of a shape like okay. the like the head of a torpedo And so inside is this kind of, you know, uh, pointed sort of dome. And uh, as far as I can tell, there are exactly two rooms that are part of this dome. And like so halfway up, there is a room where that's node three. And then if you go up like some stairs on a catwalk from there is Strathmore's office. That's how I picture this place. It can't be right, but that's how I see it.
1: I accept that description as what it looks like. Honestly, that's about as good of a description as I've heard so far. You know. So yeah, and, it, and it works.
0: It. it works for the only like key piece of action that takes place specifically on the stairs here, which is coming up in this chapter, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, do you want to go through this?
0: Yeah. Okay. So, Hale. Um, Now that Strathmore is called security, he's called Hale's Bluff here, uh, Hale starts getting very paranoid, so he starts, like, looking around him and kind of seeing the walls closing in, as it were, Um, and he sees his, you know, options shrinking, and he realizes he's fucked up with Susan, because he should have tried to get her as an ally as opposed to... um, you know, uh, let's say taking her by force and using her as a pawn <laughs> in a hostage game against their boss. And, uh, unfortunately he didn't listen to his Marine military strategy professor that gave him the, uh, solution. Oh,
1: this is my favorite.
0: Force a hand, the voice warned, and it will fight you, but convince a mind to think as you want it to think. And you have an ally that's from Sun Tzu, the art of war. I don't think it is, uh, but uh, <laughs> No,
1: it's from Hale's Marine Military Strategy Professor.
0: <laughs> Who's whose name is Professor Sun Tzu. Professor Sun <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways. And so Hale having realized this way too late in the game here is a Susan, Strathmore's a killer, you're in danger here. Wow. But like he's in way too deep to this whole thing of um making Susan his enemy to for it to come around here. And so Hale's panicking. He's uh, slowly backing up the stairs to Strathmore's office to try to get to the elevator. I think.
1: Well, he's he's grabbed her and like pulled her up the stairs. So she's yeah attached to him. And like this book is about Hale, right? Like like if we think about like I know that you know spoiler alert, but Susan outlives Hale in this book. Um most of the action thus far most, most of the heroic action has been taken by him. Like easily this this book could have cu- could have followed him like waking up, having a protein shake, like going to the gym and then getting to get, getting in whatever f- fancy fucking car he has and like driving to work and then like Weeks of like spying on Strathmore and like him trying to like not get caught by Susan because he thinks she's his pet and like like the plot would have been more interesting had it follow- followed Greg Hale's experience because do- he is written as as the hero and the main character until he is no longer uh, living.
0: I had not thought of that, but you're right. Greg Hale should have been written as, like, the hero of this book. It should be, like, maybe from his perspective, but at the very least, he should be the protagonist. Right. He's the one actually doing things.
1: Right. Up until now, all Susan's done is get in Greg Hale's way and believe lies. Yeah. And set out lingerie for her trip to the mountains. So, like, she's not a protagonist, it's it's screaming, not protagonist. It's ridiculous to say that she is.
0: Yeah, I'm in total agreement. You're 100% right. But Thank instead you. what happens is this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Hale is dragging Susan up these stairs. And so like, you know, the, the way it's working, he's backing up the stairs because he thinks Strathmore's at the bottom. Remember, it's dark in there, so he can't really see very well. Okay. Um, and so Susan is being dragged backwards up the stairs with hale using her as a theoretical human shield so um strathmore can't shoot him but suddenly what does he hear behind him but some kind of footstep on the upper landing uh-oh has strathmore gotten past him somehow and he starts to panic and then he hears a second footstep on the upper landing above him and now he's really fucked up. And he starts, like, going down this psychedelic, like, he's seeing guns everywhere. The, everything's, like, going wrong for him. Um, and so he turns around to face up the stairs where he now thinks Strathmore is. But, like, now the gun's at his back. Uh-oh, Strathmore tricked him. Um, or no, the, sorry, he gets pistol whipped. Yeah, and so he so he turns around out. to face up the stairs, and then the gun butt hits him in the head, and Susan breaks free of his grasp and is trembling. She's trembling, and she's like,
1: "Senpai, I thought yeah. you were dead." <laughs> and,
0: and so Strathmore has to has to soothe her and and and, and embrace her, and Susan says, "Come, Mander, I I, I thought." I thought you were upstairs. There's so many ellipses in this fucking line. Um, (laughs) You're doing it. And so what it turns out, (laughs) Strathmore's plan. (laughs) The the thing that fooled marine strategist Greg Hale is Strathmore tossed one of his shoes up onto the landing. So it landed there and sounded not like a thrown shoe might sound, but like a soft footstep. And then he threw his second shoe also onto the landing where it also fell and sounded not like a thrown shoe might sound, but like another (laughs) footstep. And then Susan's like, oh, but your plan to get Digital Fortress is all fucked up because you called security. And he's like, oh, no, you dumb bitch. I didn't do that. I faked a phone call because Greg Hale is such an idiot that he fell for like... The thing, uh, the dumbest trick I could possibly have pulled to mime a phone call. (laughs) I hate this. (laughs)
1: this. No one is smart and no one is sympathetic.
0: Okay, chapter 83, in which poor airport maintenance saves Becker's life.
1: So Becker's on a Vespa running through the runway. I I did not plan that sentence. I. Kind of can't wait for his next book Because I think there's going to be a bird in it Like one of those electric scooters um,
0: Oh my god And I
1: can't wait um,
0: That would be wonderful <laughs> uh,
1: So he's going 50 miles an hour um, It's top
0: speed A whining 50 miles per hour Keep that in mind
1: It sounded more like a chainsaw than a motorcycle And was unfortunately well below the necessary power <laughs> Because to become it has a chainsaw airport.
0: engine Not a motorcycle engine It's not a motorcycle <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, he's talking about how Susan could calculate the odds of whether or not he's going to make it, which is
0: not never helpful. Told him the odds, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he suddenly feels fear like he'd never known. And this is so. <laughs> Becker is going to go to the hangar where the Learjet is waiting for him, um, but the Learjet's not there. And mm-hmm. so what happens is This thing that seems wrong to be on a few levels Well
1: before we get there uh, The assassin shoots at him And it explodes the side mirror In our second shower of glass For the mm. section Okay go ahead sorry
0: Okay so he goes in this hangar And uh, Hulaha in his taxi Which he hijacked I think we skipped over that But he hijacked a taxi um, Is like drawing level with him In this airport hangar where the oil is so thick and slick on the ground that both of these vehicles lose traction and are unable to turn as though they were in a fucking Mario Kart game. <laughs> and so so what happens is that um, the taxi, being the vehicle with the greater inertia, winds up surpassing Becker and smashing through the, I guess, corrugated aluminum back wall of this hangar. That's
1: right. You got which it.
0: Leave, which means Becker isn't harmed because the wall was already blown out by this taxi. And so Becker, upon getting out and out of the oil field, I guess, is able to speed <laughs> off in a different direction before Hula Hot can like regain control of his vehicle.
1: It's a, it's a very tenuous uh, construction of events.
0: It's just so stupid.
1: (laughs) It's so... Okay, here, so... As the taxi spiraled widely beside him, Becker faced the wall and braced for the impact. There was an ear-splitting crash of steel and corrugated metal, but there was no pain. Becker found himself suddenly in the open air, still on his Vespa, bouncing across a grassy field. It was as if the hangar's back wall had vanished before him. The taxi was still beside him, careening across the field. An enormous sheet of corrugated metal from the hangar's back wall... Billowed off the taxi's hood And sailed over Becker's head There's so many question marks on this page
0: Frankly, a lot of talk About blowing out the back walls (laughs) For a car chase
1: (laughs) I'm so (laughs) confused (laughs) (laughs)
0: 84 Uh, Chapter 84 In which we meet salacious crumb We do? Uh Uh, how familiar are you? I'll, I'll explain it. Can you, can you go through a chapter for a second?
1: Yeah, I can. Um, so he's doing the thing that he was doing where he had the pen light in his mouth, etc. which, you know, internal work was always cramped, especially for a man of his size and they just keep building them smaller. He mused. Um, and then someone came in and he thought it was Midge because all women's voices sound the same, but, uh, it was Soshikuta, who was a 90-pound live wire. Um, and so she's like, uh, I've been calling you. I've been paging you. You haven't been responding. Uh, it doesn't matter that you thought it was Midge. There's something strange going on in the main databank. Um, and then they don't tell us what it is. And then, uh, then Dabba's dashing down the hall toward the databank. Strange omission of his size there as he's dashing. But, uh, you know, growth.
0: Yeah So um, When's the last time you watched Return of the Jedi? I don't know Okay Maybe ten well, years ago Okay <laughs> So so you know how Jabba has Jabba the Hutt I mean not Jabba the Cissec. Um Jabba has this little like weird monkey lizard thing That is his buddy and cackles at all of his jokes I do remember that That monkey lizard's name is Salacious Crumb um, oh, I don't and like so, that. <laughs> and so, to my mind, the 90 pound live wire Sochi Kato. I turned the page already. Sochi Kuta. Um, yeah, Sochi Kuta. Um, when compared to the enormous bulk of Jabba the Hutt, is his salacious crumb. <laughs> I
1: see. <laughs> I understand.
0: Okay. Chapter 85 In Which Plans Are Laid Bare.
1: Uh.
0: It's a long chapter. (laughs) And if I learned one thing from this book is that a long chapter is a really bad sign.
1: Um so in this chapter what happens is Strathmore everything just kind of unravels a little bit for Strathmore here, right? Um
0: So the first thing that happened I'm sorry. prepare your summary because i'm gonna complain about a dumb uh Uh, just point okay i will try
1: because i i I don't oh hold on give me a second to actually like look at this um
0: so while lena is um doing the real work i'm just going to complain about um so susan and strathmore drag greg hale into node 3 Where they bind his hands and feet With 12 gauge printer cable Which as best I can tell Is not a thing It's just USB cable Well this is
1: the the 90's
0: Yeah but even I mean I googled Printer cable and nothing came up Like I don't think it's a real thing (laughs)
1: Printer Hold on printer cable? How did I miss that?
0: Yeah from the node 3 laser Printers
1: Um Okay, here's a question. <laughs> this is gonna sound very stupid. What is a laser printer?
0: Because um, I know what I
1: know what a, an inkjet printer is, right? And I know it's what a, that. I know what a laserjet printer is, because that's what everything is now.
0: It might be that, but I'm not sure. I don't understand printer technology. I don't really understand the difference between an inkjet and a laserjet printer. Um, Me
1: neither,
0: really. Okay. Great. We're I doing think, great. Yeah, I don't want to look up <laughs> how printers work for this podcast. I do want to talk about what an idiot rube Susan Fletcher is. Yeah. Um, she couldn't get over the artful maneuver the commander had just executed. <laughs> he faked the call. So Somehow, Strathmore had captured Hale.
1: So they're practicing Shabari on Greg Hale with printer cables. <laughs> and, um,.
0: And I bet he looks good. I bet he looks that.
1: amazing. <laughs> and, you know, all those all those hours in the gym, just so you can look good tied up with printer cable. Um, yeah.
0: You know, devils in the details. <laughs>
1: so uh, they're explaining... it's So, so Translator is beginning to overheat, so now there's a time crunch element to the plot. And, um, I mean, there was before, but now even more so. Um, and three million silicon processors are gonna overheat and ignite and that's very dangerous so uh they have to shut down transulter and so strathmore runs away to shut it down and meanwhile susan is uh hanging out with hale just chilling on the floor um and she grabbed the beretta and she's like where's the passkey and he's like what are you talking about and he doesn't have the passkey. She's like, I know that you're North Dakota and that Ensay Tankado gave you a copy. And he's like, I am not North Dakota. I copied those emails. Okay, this, is, this was confusing. She says, yep. why the hell is all of North Dakota's mail in your account? And it says, I told you before, Hale pleaded as the horns blared on. I snooped Strathmore. That email in my account was mail I copied out of Strathmore's account. So, (laughs) what? (laughs) How do you copy (laughs) emails?
0: I mean, you can definitely move emails as, like, email files around and copy them and paste them. Um, But they wouldn't (laughs) show up as though... I don't think they would show up looking like they were sent to your email, but, like, maybe if, you know, you're just going through somebody's file folder on their computer and they have a folder full of emails addressed to like n dakota at com. Mm-hmm. you're like oh this computer where these emails are must be where he saved his emails and because you know he's not logged into n dakota at hotmail.com right through his you know outlook or whatever
1: so he's got a bunch of North Dakota emails uh, in his fucking whatever, um, and she's like, "You could never snoop the commander's account." Which I hate. The, <laughs> I hate the words to <laughs> "snoop" in this context.
0: It's not great. And
1: she go, and Hale goes, "No, no, someone else was <laughs> snooping it, and <laughs> I think it was Director Fontaine, and he just piggybacked, and uh, he knows all about." Uh, Strathmore's plan with Digital Fortress because he's been reading Strathmore's brainstorms,
0: and so brainstorms.
1: He... <laughs> um, and so uh, she ex- he explains that like rewriting Digital Fortress is bad, and you don't want to do that. And she's like, "Look, I've heard it all before. I, you know, all those crazy EFF people don't want future governments to be able to read all of everybody's everything." Um, but she, like, writes him up as being a left-wing cr- yeah. crazy person.
0: So Hale's monologue, I think, is worth... Um, it's not a monologue, it's a paragraph. So, Rewriting Digital Fortress is sick. You know damn well what it implies. Total NSA access. You think we're ready for that responsibility? You think anyone is? It's fucking short-sighted. You say our government has the people's best interests at heart? Great. But what happens when some future government doesn't have our best interests at heart? This technology is forever... And Susan's like, this idiot Concerned imagine about a, future imagine governments a, Imagine a world where the where the checks and balances Of the United States government Somehow fail and allow in um, I don't know, let's say like A tertiary syphilitic idiot Into the office of the presidency <laughs> With his like crony gang Full of like weirdo Uh in the pockets of the Turkish government Generals and shit um, <laughs> Like That w- that could never happen at any point It's
1: uh, You know he might be the smartest and most Accomplished writer in the country You know what
0: Yeah uh, Dan Brown a real hero for the books um, So yeah Susan's not hearing any of it She just thinks that um, Greg Hale Is out for glory she matches the headlines. Cryptographer Greg Hale unveils secret US plan to control global information. <laughs> she's so she's so dumb. She's so
1: dumb. Like Hale is obviously the hero here, right for us? Like,
0: yeah. And so Susan's like, Then if you're such a good guy, why'd you kill Chartruke? And Hale's like, I didn't do it for the hundredth time. <laughs> I, mean, I did not do it. And, <laughs> and
1: she's like, he's like, Sher- <laughs> Sher- he was gonna call us to sex and ruin Strathmore's plans. <laughs> and she's like, he's good. He's got an angle for everything.
0: <laughs> oh, <God damn> it! <laughs> and
1: he goes, you're so blind. You idiot. <laughs> oh. Untie me. And then she tells him that security's not coming. Um. No. And then, uh, she it's- goes back to her tracer, which has, you know, successfully... Finished like right on time, and it turns out that North Dakota is Tonkado. Oh,
0: there is no North Dakota. She got the same result that Strathmore did when he was running the thing. Um, it's just a one sided email exchange that Tonkado's having with herself to convince Strathmore and the NSA that. Wait, um, sorry,
1: go back. That's what Strathmore got before?
0: Yeah, I remember in the very beginning Like, he says he called her in He's like, I was hoping to, you know, not have to call you in To deal with any of this shit But, like, I I guess I can't run your tracer Because I don't know the same programming language as you know And so I keep getting this nonsense result back Which is that, um You know, I I get I just get Tankado's email out of it And Susan's like, oh, this clown He must have been running the tracer in reverse Oh,
1: I see (laughs) Stupid, okay (laughs) Um so now it finally like all unravels and and say Tankado has been basically talking to himself and creating this conspiracy because he knew that a Strathmore would be watching.
0: Um, and so at this point, Susan really should realize that Hale cannot be North Dakota and like should start coming around to his side of things, but she doesn't. She's just like, she does realize that digital fortress must be some kind of virus sent to infect Transaltor as opposed to this unbreakable code Mm -hmm. but she doesn't take the other step to say wait, you know all these things happening can't just be the machinations of Tankado. there's also machinations of somebody else happening here and it's clearly not Greg Hale.
1: Right, yeah she should be, hold on, let me move something oh Jesus Oh, I've made an awful mistake.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm trying to like put my feet up and also be close to the mic. Hold on.
0: Oh yeah, that's hard.
1: <laughs> okay, baby, we out here. Um, yeah, there it's it's uh, there's so many things. You know, her like little comment about like he has a story for everything, and like yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that's the story. <laughs> like, that's the truth. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> Um, so she realizes that the thing that must, that's in translator must be a virus. Uh, and so she's freaking out because Strathmore bypassed Gauntlet, just like Phil Chartruchian said. Um, he was like, yeah, he did, he made, he made a, a dum-dum and like bypassed Gauntlet and put something dangerous in the thing. Normally, Strathmore would have been concerned, it says, but he had seen Tonkato's email. Mutation strings are the trick. Convinced Digital Fortress was safe to load. Strathmore bypassed Gauntlet's fi- filters and sent the file into transalter And then she could barely speak. And she says, there is no Digital Fortress. And I wish... And I wish there was no Digital Fortress.
0: <laughs> yeah. I wish this didn't fucking, as,
1: fucking as... exist.
0: As she's having this realization Strathmore seems to be having the same one Because she hears a long Ghoulish wail from his office Um So In this uh, Between chapters break Um So listener at Chris's Poopin Who we've talked about before Mm -hmm. Bought me Dan Brown's (laughs) Masterclass As an early Christmas present And so I want to share some insights with you from, I've listened to the first two lectures. Um, The first thing, the first thing to note about them (laughs) is, have you ever like done the great courses, any of their lecture series online? No, I haven't. Okay. So those ones are all like half hour lectures and it's like a, you know, depending on the course, it's anywhere from like 12 to 38 (laughs) or something. Mm Mm-hmm. This is it's like nineteen videos and they're all between like five and fifteen minutes long.
1: This is a master class? <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, wait. And okay. so <laughs> for for and like for ninety bucks. Um, Christopher, I'm for sorry you got ripped bucks? off. Yeah. Chris um, Chris. You got you got I mean you got ripped off but Chris, I know you're listening. To, baby listen. Gonna...
1: Don't buy us dumb shit anymore. It's not worth it, baby
0: continue buying me dumb shit please (laughs) please
1: just fund my law school Um, education instead
0: (laughs) but i'm gonna try to give you some roi here okay so the first lecture is just like an introduction so he's like hi i'm international writing superstar dan brown he doesn't say that he doesn't i forgot what he says okay um but in the first lecture he tells us like the the elements that make a thriller a thriller and so he's got three C's that are essential wait. to oh a thriller. God. I can't wait. Um, you've actually hit upon one of the three C's just in your talk, in in in, in your observations tonight, um, which is the clock. Mm. You've got to have a clock because you see, when he was writing Angels and Demons, he had this idea to send Robert Langdon down the path of illumination. But if he had like as long as he wanted to go down it, it wouldn't be a very exciting book. So he introduced this uh, effective but crude mechanism of an antimatter bomb, which has a literal <laughs> clock attached. Um, this is a direct quote from the man. This is not me making fun is of him. Crude? This is him saying <laughs> but it. Effective. Yeah. Um, I'm
1: screaming. <laughs> Sorry. Please ignore yeah. my ugly cackling and continue.
0: Another important one of the C's is a crucible which is to say that you can't give your hero an easy out. So like they can't, you know, um, let's say there's an, <laughs> let's say that your hero could take an elevator out of the building, but, uh, oh, she can't because it takes a password that her boss won't tell her. And she can't go out the front door because, uh, I don't think that's ever really made clear. <laughs> um, Oh, cause the power is down. The yeah. is down. Um, so yeah, that's the crucible. You gotta, you gotta keep everyone packed in tight without any escape.
1: Wait, um, and, can you... Sorry, this is a dumb question, mm-hmm. but what does the word crucible mean?
0: My understanding is that it's like a chemistry and or like iron forging thing where it's some kind of container that, that in which you mix all of your, and your and elements. Okay. Yeah. Okay, got it. And then the most important thing is contract. The idea here being you're making with each you know, new confusing thing, a promise to your reader. Like it's okay, darling. I know you don't understand this on this page, but if you turn the page, I'm going to keep my promise to you and reveal the answer to this, uh, vexing question. And um, that seems
1: like these, uh, the first one was fine. The first C and then the second two were such stretches, you know, like you really wanted them to all be C's.
0: Yeah. I mean, he talks about the contract in relation to Da Vinci code where he's like, I had to turn this book in two days to the publisher to print. And I had this list of 17 questions I hadn't answered. And I was like, what is this deadline you're on for this book? And why haven't you written it? Well, like what do you, and you wrote it in, it's just, (laughs) it it can't, it can't be a true anecdote, but it, it's stupid. And so it's going to, I think that the way Dan thinks, Dan Brown thinks about this is that like, there literally can't be any loose ends at the end of your book. And, um, this book, Digital Fortress, just to wet your appetite, has the most absurd conclusion to a what Dan Brown considers a loose end that I would never have thought about in a million years as a loose end. Um, oh,
1: is it in the in the section following this one?
0: Yes, in the last section. Oh, okay, All right. uh, He he does promise us that we're going to see some kind of artifact in the final episode that no one's ever seen before. But it's his and dick. He doesn't tell us what it is, but he does say that's our first lesson in suspense.
1: It's his dick. No one's ever <laughs> <I> seen it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. And then,
0: yeah, the <laughs> other important observations here um, are that... One, there's a couple places where he lists genres because he's like, now this class is about writing a thriller, but it could also apply to writing a memoir or, uh, and then he like kind of trails off. But, like every time he lists genres, which is like, a few times, memoir is always the first one. I think the only genres he knows are thriller and memoir. <laughs> um, <I've been>
1: screaming. <laughs> Do you need to clock in a memoir too?
0: <laughs> and then, um, Bizarrely So he's like explaining His exposure to the thriller genre As we may recall from Like reading his Wikipedia In early episodes of this show He claims that like He never had The concept of a thriller Until he was on vacation And like read um, A Dean Coons. Not a Dean Coons book It was like the Doomsday Conspiracy Or something I forget who the author was mm. But he makes the Absolutely buck wild assertion <laughs> In this class That he didn't actually Buy this book he found a paperback on the dock. He didn't even know the genre existed. It was like the Hardy boys for adults. So what? we are to assume that Dan Brown was on a dock in like the Caribbean somewhere. And someone had just discarded this paperback and he picks it up and is like, what is this strange genre enjoyed by the like, uh, you know, unwashed masses of this world, as opposed to the classics. I grew up reading—the memoirs, uh, <laughs> all the <laughs> memoirs, um, and then finally, and most importantly, for our purposes here, he talks about, he, explains briefly mentions so digi- much. Yeah, he briefly mentions Digital Fortress in the class, and he's like, you know, I'd go back and change a lot of things. I read it now, and I'm kind of like, Ew. But like, the bones of Digital Fortress are thriller bones. And then he explains that he created this hero called David Becker, oh who is like the prototype Robert Langdon. And so at that point it's like, hero. <laughs> oh, Dan Brown thinks that David Becker is the hero of Digital Fortress. <laughs> Which, like, I know from reading it that Susan Fletcher is the ostensible hero and that Greg Hale ought to be the hero, but for Dan Brown, David Becker, this person who's done nothing but bungle everything and has taken, like, no actual affirmative steps to do anything in the book, that guy is the hero. And also, I noticed, he has the same issues as Dan Brown. We might have talked about that before, but I didn't think about it again until right now. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm So... Um, uh, a little peek behind the curtain. I've had this, <laughs> this curling match up on my monitor in the background here. And one of the curlers looks like a character from the flash and it's very weird.
1: <laughs> well, I, I just want to say that like the idea that he had never read a thriller before <laughs> explains so much because yeah, all of he, these he, books read like <laughs> someone who just found out about thrillers yesterday.
0: <laughs> and then he reads two and is like, I can do this.
1: Percy <laughs> <laughs> you need a clock. Then you need a crucible. <laughs> then you need a contract. <laughs> I'm not interested
0: in contracts. Oh. It's, it's very weird. Hey, gang. This is producer Forrest here to say that due to an overrun in recording length, this episode has been split into two. So we recorded two two selections from 187 men to avoid and i'm now going back and splicing this one in at this opportune break so that's why it's uh not as elegant as it could be but without any further ado here is that selection
1: i don't know Hit what man. number we're at
0: but i don't know either that's why I didn't. the that. first one you've
1: sent me is men who miss the village people
0: dan oh, brown is homophobic that's just
1: blatantly homophobic what's wrong with you Okay, you ready for the next one?
0: I was born ready.
1: For this? I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> men who think Fellini is a pasta dish.
0: Oh, Dan Brown's also a um, connoisseur of film.
1: I mean, shut the fuck up. You know, as usual. like Men who actually purchased the Helsinki formula. For so, us, what does this mean?
0: I mean, I, I looked this up because um, oh, I, also I was right. The four hundred blows is by Truffaut. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, take a guess what the Helsinki formula is. There's only what like I, I took a guess and I was right, and like I, I think you can guess this.
1: Is it a diet book?
0: What's what's something that we marketed towards men that's like scammy? Oh
1: no! Is it a penis enlargement drug?
0: That's not where I went, but no. Um,
1: Is it a hair or something?
0: There you go. Okay. One of its slogans was, what have you got to lose that you haven't lost already? It's oh. a... Oh, a... <laughs> that's savage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a bullshit like uh, anti-balding formula.
1: Men with Playboy Bunny car fresheners.
0: Nobody's ever had one of those.
1: Men who eat breakfast cereal... For dinner, that's plainly Seinfeld phobic.
0: Breakfast here for dinner is, it's good. You can have it whenever you want to. Don't, fucking live by the strictures of uh, marketing and whatever. Oh. Eat your Captain Crunch whenever you want to. I just
1: realized I could go buy Cocoa Puffs, but then I also realized that I'm driving home for the winter.
0: I'm cuckoo for him. And
1: then I would have to bring a whole box of Cocoa Puffs to my house and eat explain them in that the to car. My
0: mom. No, it's a it's a delicious snack for the drive down. <laughs>
1: I can't eat a whole box of Cocoa
0: Puffs. I might buy a box of go Powers for the drive up and down
1: ooh we could eat them at the opera
0: <laughs> oh holy shit that'd be so good
1: <laughs> hell yeah okay um, oh did
0: I tell you uh, I we, we got free upgrades to our seats hey
1: great that's exciting
0: yeah am I supposed I to gotta, bring
1: binoculars I, I've never I don't know
0: I, I always mean to and never do uh, I don't think you need to
1: okay well apparently now that we're upgraded
0: I don't think we're upgraded that much oh, probably okay. Last time we just, like, got into, like, uh, instead of being the front row the back balcony, we were, like, the back section of the middle balcony. The mezzanine. <laughs> yeah, that.
1: Um, okay, last one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Men who wear medallions.
0: Uh, Dracula-phobic.
1: Uh, I mean, if you want to be cursed, you know, you would avoid those guys. But otherwise, you should absolutely be around people who wear medallions.
0: That's very cool. And also, like, Olympic champions... Olympic champions hey, yeah. and vampires are the people who wear medallions. So
1: so those are six men to avoid.
0: Yeah, you can avoid George H.W. Bush. As
1: of, what's her name again? Daniela Brown?
0: Yeah, Danielle Brown. <laughs> okay, chapter six. Um, or nope, chapter 86, 86. In which Strathmore despairs and new plans are laid.
1: Okay, so he is hunched at his desk, and he's learning um, that the file that I downloaded off the internet, (laughs) it was a virus.
0: I I literally just had two days in a row of meetings at work. One was anti-money laundering, and today's was compliance meetings. And every single one of them, it's like, now remember, if you see an attachment that you think looks fishy, tell your boss about it. (laughs) Don't click it.
1: And this guy, the head of the fucking NSA, is like, I downloaded a file on the internet and it was a virus. I'm uh, just-
0: my, my antivirus software was like, this is a virus. And I was like, nah, it's definitely not. My, my It's a digital
1: fortress, Beach.
0: The guy that I fired from this job unceremoniously for is, is just put it on the internet for free, it can't be a virus. Oh my
1: god, it's so funny, because... The way that it's phrased, the file I downloaded off the internet, like that's that's funny. Like you could say, like the thing I put into Translator or yeah. Digital Fortress, it was a. But the file I downloaded off the internet just makes you sound like, you know, tech support's worst nightmare.
0: Yes, yeah, so we don't have a lot of sympathy for him, but Susan does She sure She does. understands the commander's pain He'd been completely taken in Tankato had never intended to let any computer company buy his algorithm mm-hmm. There was no algorithm, the whole thing was a charade It was a ghost, a farce, a piece of bait created to tempt the NSA she... Every move Strathmore made <laughs> Tankado had been behind the scenes, pulling the strings
1: She's, like... <laughs> She's like, you didn't know it's okay. Know.
0: It's okay, baby. And, and then, um, then they do
1: a they do a, a Robert Langdon brain blast where they realize that it's so dark the con of man basically.
0: He loves it.
1: <laughs> and Dakota is an anagram. No, it is. Uh, that's the word anagram of yep. of of tankado, tankado, which like tankado <laughs> would never. He's a smart person.
0: One second, Susan puzzled a moment. "N Dakota" is an anagram. She pictured the letters and began reshuffling them in her mind. Oh no! "N Dakota," Her Oktadon went weak Her knees went weak. <laughs> knees went this weak. is. This is, we are told, one of the greatest cryptographic minds like in the world. And she has to go through these weird intermediate stages where she's like, is it an anagram? It has to like run through the work in this multiple step thing. Like once he had told me that it, I didn't like I didn't notice it because I'm not looking for anagrams because I'm a rube. <laughs> but like once he's like endicose an anagram for a tankado, I was like, oh, sure yeah, is.
1: <laughs> absolutely. It is.
0: <laughs> uh. Yeah,
1: <laughs> she should have started with T A instead of Dakota or Dakota,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And then kadotan and then like if you know that he's laughing at you and it's an anagram,
0: yeah, you should start it's... with
1: Tenkado. Anyway,
0: it's so I'm dumb. actually
1: screaming. um
0: And so you know, Susan's like, "You got to abort it," and Strathmore's like, "I'm not." That stupid. I have tried, but um he just gets an image of uh Wayne Newton on the screen saying, Ah ah ah, you didn't say the magic word. <laughs> ah, ah ah Um it actually just says sorry, I'm able to abort. Um or 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 uh he tries to abort it and gets oh, fuck, what happens on Independence Day when the alien queen tries to do the thing? I don't know. I haven't seen God it damn Independence it. Day. Oh, you should see Independence I know, Day. I have to
1: see movies. I don't watch movies uh, anymore.
0: <laughs> Did you know what the Wayne Knight reference was? Not really. No, but no, I kind Jurassic of just Park. let you do
1: what you need to do, you know? Yeah, it's,
0: it's <laughs> Jurassic Park. Um, oh. <laughs> anyways.
1: Wait, which which person is Wayne whatever?
0: Wayne Knight is Newman from oh, Seinfeld. Oh,
1: thank you. You mean Nedry? He plays,
0: he, he plays Dennis Nidri in Jurassic Park. Nedry. I think it's Nedry. I
1: <laughs> think you're wrong. I
0: might be wrong. Man... <laughs> So, fun story about Jurassic Park. Wait a minute. Um,
1: Nedry is an anagram for nerdy. Sorry. Go (laughs)
0: ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Holy God.
1: (laughs) My knees have gone weak.
0: That was incredible. (laughs) Um, So... as far as I am aware, the only piece of product placement in a movie as subliminal advertising that has ever a thousand percent worked on me. Barbasol is that is that Barbasol <laughs> in Jurassic Park? Like it's garbage shaving cream, and I buy it to this day because of that fucking movie.
1: I mean, I like Barbasol because it comes out fully foamed. You know, it
0: does. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and but you also you also feel like you're st- stashing dinosaur embryos in there.
1: <laughs> they have the Barbasol can in the ride. Um, in the Jurassic park ride, it's like sitting next to one of those acid spitting dinosaurs that shoots water That's at you.
0: True. Um, the, the, the laugh You got it, I baby. Think. You got it. I think it's a laugh- I mean, I, I almost never, never, um, dinosaurs, uh, oh my god, this chapter is still happening I know So,
1: turns out and <laughs> <laughs> Satan Kato, this is a direct quote Wanted the world to know about Transaltor, but no one had believed him So he decided to destroy the great beast himself He fought to the death for what he believed the Individuals' right to privacy
0: <laughs> What a villain Can you believe this guy?
1: <laughs> he just what writes mon- it like What an
0: absolute monster And here
1: in the fucking... And here in the Fourth Amendment, it says the individual's right to privacy. Let's just throw that in.
0: Well, no, it says you can't quarter troops. Is that the fourth? I think so.
1: I don't think that's right. I think that's the third. I'm in Listen, law who's school. The one
0: in, who's the one in law school?
1: <laughs> <laughs> fourth Amendment, I'm pretty sure, is privacy. Hold on.
0: I'm pretty sure it's quartering troops. It might be the same amendment, but I think it's both. Sure it's it's search and troops. seizure.
1: So you can't okay. quarter troops and you can't seize things from people's houses.
0: That tracks. Um, anyway. I remember it because um fourth is a quarter <laughs> uh that's Forrest's constitutional law mnemonics <laughs> you're welcome I'm taking
1: both law uh con law and contracts next semester so I'm all over this
0: con shit. law is about con law is about um how best to um con nope nope sorry <laughs> <laughs> I had something there I read this one I read this book one time that was like a nineteen forties book that was a linguistic study of. Con artist slang, which just turns into a survey of how to do con artist shit because the guy who wrote it was like, This is all so cool. (laughs) It's really good. Um,
1: You have a lot of those books of like linguistic studies of of subcultures. I I know. Uh,
0: So, yeah. um, Tankado can't. Or er, Strathmore can't cancel the thing, but at the bottom of the screen, the words say, tell the world the truth about Transalter. Only the truth will save you now. Enter the pass key. And so they can save the computer, but only if they tell the world about Transalter and then Tankata will give them the pass key. But, oops, Tenkato's dead. Tankato
1: dead. So what they can do instead is pull the plug.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a that's a maneuver that works on every computer.
1: So the passkey is for this to shut this virus down, which makes mm-hmm. so much more sense than a passkey for an ever-changing algorithm. <laughs> Cuz do you remember when I was trying to wrap my head around that? <laughs> I was Like why yeah. would there be one passkey for something that always changes? Uh but no.
0: It's This is such a stupid book. <laughs> I know. There's um, only one
1: passkey, by the way, because Endakota and Tankado are the same person. So there's only one passkey available. And yeah. it's on the ring, which is now with David
0: Becker. It's now David Becker. And also, they note that the virus is making its way into like the NSA mainframe or whatever where all the shit is. Um, you know call the data bank warn them about the virus you're the deputy director of the NSA you're a survivor and it's like um on the one hand obviously he should be fired immediately if he gets through this thing alive on the other hand sometimes the government allows people to stay in positions of trust when they should not do so that's true Um so you know He's got pretty good odds of remaining deputy Director of the NSA he should have been fired After Skipjack I guess yeah he
1: really should have Um
0: which um I texted Lena like a couple weeks ago Turns out Skipjack Was a real thing oh Um Yeah Skipjack it's a block cipher Developed by the NSA And it was intended for use in The clipper chip Which was just like a standardized Chip that You're supposed to use to encrypt things And uh, They did do the thing where they Had several academic researchers from Outside the government evaluate the algorithm But unlike Digital Fortress none of them were as smart as Greg Hale so none of them found any problems Mm. Um, But then in 2016 They finally published a standard That says Skipjack is well, 2016 is when they said Skipjack is no longer going to be good for government applications. We're done with it. Done with Skipjack.
1: Okay, so maybe it did have a backdoor. We just don't know.
0: It could have. Mm. Also, in the Half-Life 2 modification dystopia, the encryption program used in cyberspace apparently uses both Skipjack and Blowfish algorithms. I knew that one off the top of my head. It's definitely not on the Wikipedia page. <laughs>
1: So okay, so Strathmore's freaking out because he's clearly fucked up his whole thing. Um and she goes to Commander, this is not your
0: fault. It's, it's, <laughs> Tan- it is so very much his fault.
1: <laughs> if Tankado hadn't died, we'd have bargaining power, you idiot. <laughs> what do you think happened, Susan?
0: She is the dumbest person in the world. She
1: doesn't do anything at all. How she what she what has she even done?
0: Well, um, she hasn't done anything yet But she's about to try to go down and turn off a computer
1: <laughs> I'm screaming Um So they need the ring And then she's like I'm gonna go fucking Turn off Unplug the computer, this computer.
0: <laughs> Uh, Lena What do you think the odds are that Susan succeeds In turning off this computer?
1: Absolutely zero,
0: <laughs> zero. Uh, chapter 87 In which David Becker heads downtown gross
1: um it was almost dawn um and there there were plenty there was plenty of traffic because there were young civilians returning from their all-night beach verbenas
0: what's the verbena i didn't look at that i don't know i didn't i, I did not notice i skipped right over this paragraph
1: <laughs> googling it hold on so beach verbena is a plant what You know, like lemon verbena Okay What does verbena mean?
0: Uh, I don't know (laughs) (laughs) That's why I
1: asked No, hold on Verbena is a genus in the family Verbenaceae
0: That can't be what you're talking about
1: (laughs) Hold on I'm gonna figure this out I'm not not giving up on you verbena Um, In
0: the meantime, did you guys know I appeared in one LinkedIn search this week
1: You did? (laughs)
0: Uh, that's what my email says. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Verbena Spain? <laughs> party? Verbena Fair. Okay. A ver- in Spanish-speaking cultures, a ver- Hold on. A verbena is an agricultural show, modest amusement park, or dance party, especially one held at night. In old tradition, they usually take place after dark in summer. Now some major cities, such as Barcelona, host permanent verbenas... Uh, but these have less tra- tradition character, less tradition character than <laughs> <laughs> this is Wikipedia than those that appear for only a few days each year. Okay. So it's basically a carnival, and they have food that includes churros, ham, cheese, marzipan, candied egg yolks. I love that.
0: It's like a farmer's market but sexy.
1: It's like a sexy nighttime farmer's market. That's exactly it. You got it.
0: I'm into it. I wanna
1: go. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds, that sounds great.
1: They should come back from their beach for betas.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Becker passed a free marker, Sevilla Centro. Dos kilometres. I don't know Spanish. Um it just says two it just says two Km. I made some assumptions, they might be wrong. Um and so yeah. Uh, Okay, I thought he made a mistake where he said that the top speed of the Vespa was 50 miles per hour, but then the speedometer here reads he 60 kilometers per hour, but he did change from miles to kilometers. Right. But even so, 60 kilometers per hour is um, not going to be his top speed. Let me get out my phone calculator here 60 times. Yeah, he's not going, going his top 6. speed. He's going 36 miles per hour.
1: That's right. Well, he said it's a pathetic little thing.
0: But it can go fifty. Why is he going thirty um, <laughs> six? It is the freeway.
1: There's plenty Anyways. of traffic. It just said the young civilians are he's returning. all never be
0: He's on a Vespa in a chase for his life. Split the lanes. <laughs> is all I'm saying. <laughs> Anyways, um, and so yeah, onto on the highway behind him, Karens hula hot and his fucking wrecked taxi. <laughs> Hot. <laughs> hot lips hula hot I um, can't
1: deal with the forest <laughs> Okay
0: I'm calling him hot lips from now on Good. because of mash <laughs> um and so you know uh the more bullets fly but eventually like it was like a stupid chase scene down the freeway but eventually it comes to the It it comes to be the case (laughs) that David Becker gets his Vespa downtown without the taxi in sight Mm -hmm. and he accelerates down the final stretch of Mateus Gago. Seville's 11th century Gothic cathedral rose like a mountain before him. So I have something to say about this. The Seville Cathedral.
1: (sighs) They, They call it a bike like six times in this chapter.
0: I mean, that's not, uh, I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, he says here, Seville's 11th century Gothic cathedral. Here's the problem with that.
1: Wait, hold on. Where where does it say that? What page?
0: Uh, the bottom of 381, second to the bottom paragraph. As Becker accelerated down the final switch oh, okay. of Mateus Gago. Got it. So, the A, it was a mosque from 1172 to 1248. Mm-hmm
1: as so, many
0: things were. Yeah, so 11th century is already right out the window cuz nothing was there until 1172 when it was a mosque. So it it cannot be a 10th 11th century anything. Um <laughs> and then from 1248 to 1434, they just took the like superstructure of the mosque and like switched things around and blocked up some doors to make it like a cathedral. Mhm. And then in the 15th century, they actually decided to, like, tear down chunks of it and rebuild it in a gothic style as a cathedral. So, like, it is at best a 15th century gothic cathedral (laughs) Um, and at best a 12th century structure.
1: Does, uh, Does the master Dan Brown have office hours?
0: Uh, uh No, but there is a comment section. Oh, good. <laughs> and the comments are ridiculous. Are I'll write some down for next time. But like, you're like this is so smart. I'm going to apply this to my thriller. I have a clock and a crucible. My real problem is contracts. It's like, oh, no, you don't. Please don't follow this man's guide.
1: <laughs> I told you um, the only thing worse than more Dan Brown books is more books written by people who were taught to write by Dan Brown.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Anyways. Shall we move on? Yeah.
1: So we're in chapter so, 88.
0: Chapter 88 in which Becker is pursued through a labyrinth.
1: I mean, he is the <laughs> That's that's it. We can move on.
0: <laughs> well, no, a very important thing happens. Well, there's two important things that happen in this chapter. So like, you know, the the it's 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 downtown Seville and the streets are all made in Roman times mm-hmm. when it was all just like it's like downtown Boston, where all the roads seem like they're made by wandering cows or whatever, and so like they're all roundabouts and narrow and weird and funky. Wandering cows. Um, that's not who made I that. mean, it's so, some, somebody once told me that that's how Boston streets are made, and I believe that. Um, <laughs> it's just following game trails down to like the river okay. or the harbor or whatever. I, it might be wrong, but it might be true. Um, you don't know. And so anyways, uh, David Becker is being pursued through these streets, and initially... Hulahot takes a pot shot at him and hits. He like wings him a little bit. Mm. Oh wait, I'm and sorry. Like, I wanted to
1: read something to you. Um, yeah. So he's straddling the idling bike or Vespa. The ga- the the um the Vespa has run out of gas, so he abandons it. And then we get my favorite paragraph which says, "The human mind is the fastest computer in existence." <laughs> In the next fraction of a second, Becker's mind registered the shape of the man's glasses, searched his memory for a match, found one, registered danger, and requested a decision. He got one. He dropped the useless bike and took off at a full sprint. What?
0: And that was true before IBM's Watson.
1: (laughs) So Hulahat is now, you know, following him. And he's been, yeah, he's been hit in the side. He's bleeding a little bit, but he's okay. Um...
0: And well well not in the mind of hula hulaaha in the mind of hula Hot <laughs> his prey has now like tasted its own mortality and now the game is entirely
1: different he's running though. Say, Becker's running <clears throat>
0: um the game is different now <laughs> thank you
1: I like your hula hot voice um, oh, okay. <laughs> it's just like I, I just imagine like what it would be like to watch this and it it's either like Scooby-Doo mysteries ridiculous or just awful and disorienting.
0: <laughs> There's this darkened alleyway in Seville with doors near his side and David Becker <laughs> runs into one, and Hula Hut runs into it after him and then like they kind of two completely different doors and then they run into each other in the middle of the hallway. <laughs> um we got We've been talking a lot about Scooby-Doo. <laughs>
1: Scooby-Doo is great.
0: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um I uh...
1: We we get to our fourth shards of glass mention in this section. <laughs> <laughs> he's screaming. Oh, sure enough. He's screaming, uh, help, help. Um, he gets kind of cornered in a dead end. Is that true? Yes.
0: Uh, th- I think there's a spraying glass before that.
1: There, There is. What is the fourth one? Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, He's freaking out because he's like, "Why is a stupid ring with nonsense on it the reason that people are dying?"
0: We should note that like his eyes are better now. <laughs> Just <laughs> for, foreshadowing for next episode again, but it's gonna drive me fucking insane. Yeah, yeah, his
1: eyes are better now. Um, he he washed his face with water back at the airport before he noticed that Megan was dead, and I I actually did have a note there where you sh- if you are tear-gassed or hit with pepper spray, you should not put water in your eyes. You should attempt to neutralize with milk or um, antacid.
0: You should also eat bread after you um, have spicy pepper.
1: Do that, and, but don't put bread in your eyes.
0: No, do put bread in your <laughs> eyes. Wipe your, eyes wipe, wipe your tears with a baguette, and then it becomes focaccia.
1: <laughs> what? it does cause it's not
0: because it, it gets it gets salty <laughs> i watch salt fat acid heat i know focaccia is just salty bread you can't lie to me
1: <laughs> dan brown coat does not condone wiping your tears with the <laughs> um
0: i do condone making focaccia though.
1: yeah do that it's so easy and it's so good
0: i also condone watching salt fat acid heat it's really good I haven't and the seen book's it good too it's great. It's I've terrific. just
1: read a lot of think pieces about how nice it is to like see a woman really enjoying food and not having a transactional relationship with the food around her. And I was like, yeah, yeah they're all right. That sounds right. Last,
0: last, last summer I read the book when I was on vacation with my family and like uh, on long drives I don't want to be on reading in the back seat, And I read the book and I was like, damn, I should start cooking again because I hadn't been cooking anything for a while mm-hmm. and I didn't start cooking again. But I've been uh, telling myself I should since I read it. <laughs>
1: You know that's part of it. You got to start with that, so you're on your way. Well, when,
0: when, when, when I'm when I'm living at home, it's like, uh, like oh, like well, I come yeah. home from work and like there's already food. food. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna <laughs> do anything.
1: Um, I used to cook, but then finals came around, so
0: you still bake sometimes.
1: Sometimes I do, yeah, but that was before finals, also. mm Um, that's true. So he's he's very vulnerable now. He's like freaking out because he knows that like he's in a dead end. Things are over for him He is just thinking of Susan And he is standing naked Flesh and bones before God I am a man, he thought In a moment of irony, he thought A man without wax Now, we don't know why that's ironic
0: But we <laughs> just gotta out without wax yet? No! Do you, do you know what it's about? Hmm
1: Is he a, is he a naked Babybel cheese? <laughs>
0: I mean, yes, but that's not why. Is he a wick? No.
1: What else do you use wax John, for? He's unsealed. John. Alien files.
0: You're getting closer. Oh, yeah? Actually. Yeah. Is this
1: something to do with a seal?
0: Uh, yes.
1: Like, he's an open book? Like, he's he has no secrets with her?
0: Uh, I mean you're there conceptually but you're not there with like why it's without wax um. <laughs> Anyways, this is too so yeah, for me Becker. To think about. <laughs> so yeah, uh, anyways, Becker is cornered at the end of this uh, uh, alley, like blind alleyway, and there's nothing behind him except and he sees in front of him hula hot coming up, gun drawn. So like he's gonna die any moment now, which brings us to chapter eighty nine, in which Becker is saved by the bell.
1: I'm sorry. So in the in that note, Tiffany that he, Amber
0: Thiessen comes out and um, sorry. In
1: the note that he he gives to Susan, he says, "My love for you is without wax." Uh-huh. So that means it's not a secret? Um Or am I off? Am I colder?
0: Uh it's gonna be a is David Becker's profession is important to it.
1: He's a... wait, we don't know what he is. <laughs> yeah, He's we a do. professor. Of what? Language?
0: Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be so mad when we get to it. <laughs>
1: I'm already mad.
0: This is one of those contracts Dan Brown's made with us. Is he's he's going to explain what without wax is, means? Is it a pun? It's a contract he's made with us, and yes, it is a pun. No,
1: um, <laughs> no. But it's a
0: cross. It's 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 going to be a cross linguistic pun. No. Yeah. <laughs> so is chapter eighty nine. Uh not directly.
1: What do you mean? Is it in Latin?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, is
1: so sorry, we're doing this. So <laughs> Latin for wax is okay, I know in French it's seer. Is that close in Latin? Do you know? Sear?
0: Uh sear is probably about right.
1: Seer. And then it would be sans seer in French. So sin, sincere.
0: There you go. (laughs) Yep. Without wax, David Becker. Sincerely David Becker.
1: God damn it.
0: Yeah, that's (laughs) it's it's not good.
1: I'm gonna go get water.
0: I'm going to go get some, um... I
1: can't pork. hear you. I'm going to get water.
0: Where were we? Chapter 89? Uh, yeah. In which Becker's saved by the bell. <laughs> so, yeah. We're in Spain, right? And, um... <laughs> you know what they like to do in Spain? Aside from go to punk clubs and go to, um... Beach for Bain. Beach for <laughs> <laughs> Is, uh... They love to go to church in Spain. And so... Uh oh, it's Sunday morning, and Sunday morning, right when the bell tolls, as it just has, right before Hula Hot shoots David Becker, suddenly out from the same doors that Becker and Hula Hot were doing their Scooby Doo chase through before, out comes the entire fucking population of Seville, <laughs> aside from the ones driving back from the beach, Urbana's. And, they're all dressed um, in black. They're all dressed in black, and they come out so rapidly that 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 and and like all at the same fucking time that makes hula shot at becker impossible to make and so there's like suddenly this 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 blind alleyway that i was under the impression there weren't any fucking doors in but i was wrong um what the fuck sorry i'm watching this curling tournament this guy is like using the fucking um safety thing like you you know in curling you throw the stone down you kind of like glide along the thing And you use your broom for, like, support so you don't fall over. This asshole is using just, like, a PVC pipe on the ground, which, like, when I went to a beginning curling class, is like... Now, you don't use it when you're (laughs) actually (laughs) playing curling. Curling? Yeah, like a a year ago. Um, Like, you don't use it when you're actually doing curling because it's, like, for noobs and losers. But this is, like, a... uh, Well... It's on the YouTube curling channel. Um, and he's using it in a competitive tournament and like he just looks like a f- loser is what I want to say about it. Anyways, <laughs> the population of the so Civil-
1: to know that that of looks like a loser
0: side
1: of the side of the side of the side of the
0: side of the population is the the streets of the it so the hot can the find David Becker. And, um, yeah, so you know, they uh, yeah side you
1: the you of the film spirited away? the the
0: I have, but it's been a while.
1: Okay, do you remember when she works in that furnace and there's all the little soot sprites? Yes. And they love her? Like, this, that, yeah. like basically a bunch of soot sprites spill out of the streets of Seville and, like, block the path and, like, carry David Becker away into a church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, at some point in this chapter he completely loses agency over the direction that he's walking in and is, like, crowd-surfed into a church.
0: Like lifeblood through the veins of old Santa Cruz, they course toward the heart of their Pueblo, toward the core of their history, toward their god, their shrine, their cathedral. <laughs> oh my
1: god. Um, um, they, she, he's, he, well, he gets caught between two heavyset women is the problem.
0: I didn't know. that. <laughs>
1: That's page 389, uh, about exactly halfway through.
0: <laughs> oh, sure enough. <laughs>
1: Um And he, he's carried into church
0: Yeah And Hulahot His plans foiled um, He digs his way through the crowd And dashes up the alley With his weapon raised But he lets out a muted Inhuman scream His cock of a weapon David Becker was gone Yeah Oh, Terrible Chapter 90 <laughs> um, Oh we're just really moving in through which it Stra- okay. In which Strathmore continues to despair I think chapter 90 Strathmore continues to despair Um And he, the number, How many times on this page does it say You're a survivor or I'm a survivor I'm a survivor Is, is it four I'm
1: gonna make it I'm gonna, I'm gonna look <laughs> Um Uh... It's incredible how much about honor this book is. Oh,
0: God. He loves honor. Um, So, yeah, Strathmore is like... He's just through his head. You're a survivor. You're a survivor. I'm a survivor, but survival is nothing without honor. I'd rather die than live in the shadow of disgrace. And disgrace was waiting for him. So, like, he knows that... um, uh, he's pretty fucked. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, fuck, I am a liar. I haven't been honest with Susan Fletcher. There's so much I haven't been telling her. For years, she's been my illusion, oh, God my Christ. living fantasy. No, He dreamed of her at night. He cried out for her in his sleep. He couldn't help it. She was as brilliant and as beautiful as any woman he could imagine.
1: Are people capable of maintaining crushes for this long?
0: Uh, yeah. His wife... <laughs> His wife had tried to be patient, but when she finally met Susan, she immediately lost hope. Bev Strathmore never blamed her husband for his feelings. Wow. She tried to endure the pain as long as possible, but recently had become too much. Wow. She told him their marriage was ending. Another woman's shadow was no place to spend the rest of her life. <laughs> wow. The, this paragraph okay let's imagine the life of bev strathmore i don't want to it's very first of sad. all her name is bev that's already rough <laughs> it's not not great so bev strathmore her husband is this guy at the nsa he works long ass hours so she never to see him like that's great um but then eventually he starts like in his sleep she's going susan susan and you're like what the fuck like why is you saying susan my name is bev and you're like oh that's why um But then you're at the NSA (laughs) Christmas party and you meet this, uh, what, 30-year-old just fucking knockout and you're like, oh, God, my fucking husband is just like in love with his like employee. This sucks. And she's like living with it for a while before she's finally like, "Okay, this is done.
1: This is a better story than this whole book.
0: This is for sale baby shoes never wore. It's so tragic. <laughs> oh,
1: I'm thinking about the baby shoe. <laughs> Damn.
0: Um, so he starts writing no. a
1: suicide note at the
0: end. It's, yeah, so Strathmore starts writing, um, Dearest friends, I am taking my life today. This way no one would ever wonder. There'd be no accusations. He would spell out for the world what had happened. Many had died, but there was still one life to take.
1: And, you know, there's one
0: life to live as well. Yep. Yeah. So this is the uh, low rent sign off that you get because of the splitting of the episode in twain. This is a reminder. You can follow us on Twitter at Dan Brown Code Pod. You can follow Lena at Lena Jamili, L-I-N-A-J-E-M-I-L-I. You can follow Newly Unlocked Forest at Wishbone Ulysses. And uh, please rate and review us on iTunes or the podcasting app of your choice. The Apple one is absolute garbage, so I understand if you don't want to use that one. Um, Have a good day, everyone. Bye.